Hey, everybody. Welcome to Generationally Speaking, where we take serious topics and, and we approach them from the viewpoint of different generations. That's why it's called Generationally Speaking, in case you were wondering. We take a boomer's perspective and we take a millennial's perspective. This is actually season five, episode four. And we are actually talking about this book right here, Josh Hernandez, called Dangerous Jesus. How'd I do? You did great. Uh, Dangerous Jesus, okay? It is written by KB. If you can see on the cover, you know fragile. What I, you know what I'd like to know? Yeah. What people think of when they when when you hear the word dangerous Jesus, what comes to your mind? I'd like to know what comes to your mind when you think of dangerous Jesus. That was going to be my first question. Was it really? It was. We Our chemistry, unmatched. Unmatched. Yep. Let us know in the comments down below what, when what, you what, hear what dangerous you Jesus. about dangerous Jesus? Um... I don't read a lot of books. That's not true. I mean, I... I've when pr- people I, say they don't read a lot of books, it's like I haven't read a book since high school. Yeah, I don't, I don't like to read, but I have tried to do better, yep. and I've probably read maybe 12 to 14 books this year. Yeah, and but you were really knocking them out early on. Then I was, and then I kind of got, and then. But I'm telling you what, this book right here is the best book I have read in a long, long time. Yep, Dangerous Jesus just came out this year by KB Kevin Burgess. He is a Christian rapper. Had no idea who he was. Yeah, and our staff actually walked through this book as a staff this year as well. And so, let us know in the comments when you hear the phrase "Dangerous Jesus." What do you think of? What do you think it means? Um, The (laughs) subtitle for the book is "Why the Only Thing More Risky." Then getting Jesus right is getting Jesus wrong. Ashton Logan says, I think of those afraid of him and trying to silence him in the Bible. All right. Thank you for yeah, sharing absolutely. your thoughts. Thank you. Brad, okay. So when you hear dangerous Jesus, yeah. um, what what do you think of? Before or after I read this book? Yes. Doesn't matter. Um, Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, let's ask Bruce first. <laughs> Let's put Bruce on the spot. Okay, because you already read the book. All right, Bruce, let us know what you thought. Yeah, what do you think? What, what well, do you I think? haven't read the book. I know. Yep, so when you hear yeah. it, what do you think? Um, I think because of my journey over the last 10 years, my mind goes to if people really grasped, if we really grasped who Jesus was and how radical he was, it would, it would change our perception from a meek, mild Jesus to somebody who was very out there. Preach. Yep. And that, so th- that's, that's why, it. Yeah, that, that as was... you can see on this cover, the words fragile are crossed out, the words compliant are crossed out, the word irrelevance crossed out, and then the title is just Dangerous Jesus. And the subtitle for tonight's podcast dangerous, is Dangerous Jesus, How the Birth of a Child Changed Everything. everything. And that's kind of been our theme for Christmas the last couple of years as yeah. we talked about revolution. Yeah. Um, um, Ash, I want to answer your question about we should get a Bruce Cam. We would, but Bruce couldn't get it hooked up in time. Yep. Uh, Brad wanted to read a quote to just get can it started. I, can I tonight. also input the reason I didn't get that hooked up in time was because these two jokers didn't have everything else set up before I got here. <laughs> we could play the blame game or we, <laughs> we could dive right into the podcast. Here we go. Okay. Uh, and it, it goes to, to exactly what you just said, um, and I'll try to read it slow. Uh, but the paradox of this Jesus is that even though he is the most observed man in history, he is simultaneously the most ignored, and perhaps worse than ignored. He is the most weaponized, reinterpreted, and misappropriated figure in history. And the only thing more dangerous than getting Jesus right is getting Jesus wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah. It goes on. Uh, oh, okay. Rodney Stark, a sociologist of religion, studied the rise of Christianity in an effort to make sense of how, with no weapons, no wealth, and no position of influence in society, within just three centuries, Jesus' followers grew from 12 disciples into millions of followers across the globe. My good friend Kiesler, I'm sure I said that wrong, boils down the following points. First, there was a radical reordering of social relations. In other words, people from different ethnic and social groups treated each other as family. Then, women were given higher status and were allowed to lead in worship. Up to that point, all pagan religions were dominated by men. The early Christians practiced radical hospitality towards one another and towards outsiders. They saw strangers as neighbors and neighbors as family. That'll preach. That'll preach. And so... As you may be listening to that, and something we've we've tried to talk about often at church is, uh, and the words already been said, how radical I think Bruce said it, how radical Jesus truly was. Right. Ra- like radical. It he he entered into a culture and a climate and even a religious system that did not welcome his way of living. Correct. And he was unapologetic about it. So the way that he pushed Christ followers to live was dangerous. It was risky. Uh, it it got him killed. It got him killed. Uh, I mean, that's there's nothing more dangerous. No, exactly. Okay. And here's the interesting thing I think that I, that has really been on my mind as of late, as the more I've studied, uh, as I studied even for what I'm teaching this weekend and things, is that <clears throat> you look at Jesus and where he was, where he was the most radical, was within the religion religious circle. Yeah, he was not. He was not in culture radical. Taking on people out in in the world, as we would say it, his his issue was with the people within the religious structure. Yeah, does that make sense? Oh, it makes sense. And you look at where we are today as a church, and we are out into the world trying to change all the world and not looking inside of ourselves and saying what is going on with with the church. Yeah. And so here's another question I want to ask you, and it's going to be a deep one, oh, and also ask for a chat. We'll just, I'll just defer to Bruce again. <laughs> As you have grown in your understanding of what living for Jesus entails, mm-hmm. in what ways have you deconstructed your way for those who aren't familiar with the phrase deconstruction we did a whole podcast episode about it it's pretty much breaking down toxic theology and thinkings of god that you grew up with and then reconstructing it to something more biblical and more christ-centered and i know you and i have both gone through a uh even bruce an intense deconstruction i know many people in the chat have and so as you think about this dangerous Jesus guy, and really this whole book is a great book that will challenge you in your thinking economically, socially, politically, racially, religiously, how you communicate, how you love, etc. So my question for you, mm-hmm. it's a deep one. We're diving right in. Um, in what way have you noticed as you've begin to understand the radical Jesus more, Jesus radically changing you the most? Uh I think the whole process of actually dying to self 
is mm. is probably the big one of the biggest thing. Uh, my understand, and, and I'll just hit thirty thousand foot uh, understanding salvation. Oh, okay, uh, is another one. Like who is saved? Uh, how, how people like, are saved? Like um, what that actually means about grace and works. Okay, um, understanding. The difference of of the covenants, I think, were huge. We did a whole series on that old covenant, new covenant, covenant, new covenant. Yeah, mind blowing. Um, The the more you understand the the context of what Jesus was doing in the time that he was doing it, um, things just your mind just goes, oh my gosh, how radical was this guy? Yeah, and and the challenge that we have to follow him is just is just incredible. Yeah. Ashton, I, I didn't answer that very well. Not, e- not even a little bit. Yeah. Ashton said, I've grown in less about me, more about him, less works, more loving being. I think the works thing, the works theology is probably one of the biggest it is. deconstruction points that Christ followers have to go through. This theology of I have to work my way to God's love, shifting that to because I am loved, now I'm going to work for God. Exactly. And a lot of people get those mixed up. I can't come to Christ until I get my life figured out. No, God says, come to me and then figure it out. Uh, she also goes on to say, not that works are bad, but it is not the focus. My deconstruction, I suppose is more of a refocus, a shift in heart. And the hope is I use this word deconstruction. We did a whole podcast on it last season. Um, it's a trendy word, but especially when you start to study Jesus, I, I think as Christ followers, we should always be deconstructing and reconstructing our theology. If we ever just sit and say we are 100%. Well, that's going to light some people's hair on fire. But I don't, under, I don't know if you're always trying to grow. I, no, I, and I agree with you. But, but the thought of when you, when you start throwing the word theology in there is, that, yeah. oh, you're just going with the wind, with whatever the culture's doing, what have you. Sure. And that's not the case necessarily at all. Sure. The word theology literally translates as knowledge of God. Right. And your knowledge should always be growing and expanding. Yeah. You know, and, and then you start talking about evangelicalism and, and orthodoxy and, and all that, and fundamentalism and, and all that kind of stuff. And, right. And, and there's, certainly, there's certainly absolute truths in the Bible. Absolutely. There's, true, there's absolute truths that are true absolutely. Absolutely. And then there's a lot of gray that even saying something like that will See, and, and, light some hair and on I fire. Think, I think when you, when you start talking about this kind of stuff, um, especially in our in our context, talking about this through generations, you look at Gen X, Bruce, and and Boomers, myself. This is an area that that we were told, you no, know, you don't question. You just here's the facts, here's the answers. You believe it. That's it. You, we don't have to have a discussion with that. Would you agree with that, Bruce? And, and, and I think the same question goes with you, because as you had said earlier, you know, over the last 10 years, you have really made some, some ideological yeah. switches in, in your following. So I was going to say, if I answered that same question that you just answered, how has this changed my theology? <clears throat> like you guys just said, I think a lot of people think when they hear deconstruction— that you're changing to like update your theology to match where the culture is. Right. Sure. And what took me, I think our generations think that. Yeah. And I think what it took me a while to go was no, the more I study this and the more I study Jesus, what I realize is we had some things wrong. And when we're deconstructing and reconstructing, constructing what we're actually getting to is a more biblical view. Correct. Not, Updating it because of the culture. Yeah, not less. Not less. It's actually more correct than what we were brought up thinking. 
Right. Right. I mean, as if you think about some of the most extreme changes that the church has gone through, think about um, think about slavery. Okay, and and, and think about uh, how many how many Christian slaveholders there were growing up, and it was just slavery was in scripture. They saw it. They could justify it. Yep. It was God ordained. And then the church went through a deconstruction. And it was like, yeah, this wasn't the original design for God. Right. right? Think about think about how women are treated. Okay. Think about uh, even divorce. Divorce is not in God's original plan and design. But up until a hundred years ago, if you were divorced in 1906, I think is when our movement, Church of God Anderson, made this change. It wasn't until within the last. I don't know, about 100 years ago, if you were divorced in the Church of God, you could not be a pastor. Oh, my goodness. Just not even 100 years ago. And and they voted unanimously <clears throat> that that was the case. Well, not saying that divorce, don't hear me say that divorce is, is in God's it, plan now all of a sudden. And it's okay. But it's just, it's again, even our understanding of who is in, who is out, who can serve, who cannot. And see, and I think that's part of our whole mindset is is that's what we we try to place people in 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 those things. We we want a black and white list. We want this because it gets real. All these gray areas we don't like. We want to know if we're honest. We want to know who's in and out, and we want to know where we compare to other people. Yeah, and and I, that's very very dangerous. Yeah, pun intended. And so, oh, yeah. And so, <laughs> oh, that was good. I meant to do that. You're so smart. And so, over two thousand years ago, there was this child that was born. I don't know if you you caught wind of this. He was pretty important, and he was born of a virgin through the Holy Spirit, which in and of itself again is just so radical that God goes to a woman, a teenage girl most likely, yep. and says, "Hey." you are going to carry the Messiah. Why was this so radical? Well, if you got knocked up without being married, you were going to be stoned to death. Like society was going to stone you to death and your husband or the person you were sleeping with. Yep. So God chooses something so radical against the, the, the policy and says, yeah, but I'll keep you safe. So then Mary, the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, she conceives. Mary um, becomes pregnant, and Joseph is like, what? Then he does something radical. Rather than divorcing her publicly, oh, well, they were wed to be, so it technically wasn't an official divorce. It would have been separation, which would have resulted in her death and possibly even his death if he couldn't prove he wasn't the father. He decides to do something radical where he wants to divorce her behind the scenes. And really, it's an act of faith and courage. God then sends an angel, and all things work out. Then, if you want to be even more radical, he's going to pick the lowly and the the least of least areas for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. Not Rome, not Jerusalem. He's going to Bethlehem, just this small town. He's going to go be born there. Not in some five-star hotel. Now we're going to get even more radical. He's going to be laying in some donkey poop in a manger. <laughs> and you see all these nice nativity sets where Jesus, like, like this is the Jesus that we serve, who was brought up that way. And if that's not radical, and, I don't know what And then is. who he announces his birth to, he goes to the shepherds who aren't even allowed to go in the tabernacle. <laughs> 
yeah, they're not even allowed in the places of worship. They can't go into the places of worship. They're and, the and that's who, who they're announced first to. And that's who the angels go to and say, hey, by the way, this Jesus yeah. guy who's the Messiah and, right up the road. And then you look at the genealogy of where where the Messiah is going to come from. And, yeah. and just the 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 genealogy itself, there's people in there that you yep. never would have picked yep. to be in, in the birth Okay, line so you of know Jesus. that David guy who was an all-star? By the way, we're not going to talk about the all-starness of David. We're going to talk about the time when he took advantage of Bathsheba and then murdered uh-huh. her husband. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to put that you, in the genealogy. And you, and you got prostitutes. You got-, you got Rahab who's sleeping around to build her wealth. You've got traitors. You've got people who lied and cheated. By the way, that's who Jesus is going to come through. Yeah. And so that's why this Jesus guy was so dangerous is because, as you said, the religious elite and really just religious people, the Jew, the Jerus, the the Israelites, they had no idea because all of the language that they see in the Old Testament is kingdom and king and horse and chariots and he's going to overthrow your government uh the passage in isaiah uh isaiah chapter 9 i think says um the government will we'll be, be on, on, his shoulders. on his shoulders yeah so you have this imagery and honestly you see christians doing it today you see christians yeah we're really diving in you see christians <laughs> trying to put their king on their government or um trying to find victory in a god who who wants the government to uphold their religion? And we talked about this in our in our politic podcast when we talked about politics and, and religion and things. And, yeah. And and, and it's it is it's, it's so true that is they were looking for the same thing that we're looking for today. They, Absolutely. They thought their only way to, to to get living the way we are supposed to be living is to do it through a political power. Yeah. And uh, one of the books I'm reading, one of the podcasts I just listened to just this week, talked about how. The kingdom of God is can never be married with any other kingdom. Mm-hmm. It just can't be. And mm-hmm. every time it has been tried to marry with That's another kingdom, yeah. the other kingdom has ruined it. That's good. And and so and that's what and that's honestly what we're trying to do is is marry one kingdom that does not mesh with another kingdom. That's good. And it's got to be totally separate. That's good. If the church would just be the church. And that, and you talk about you know what they what the Israelites were trying to do is overthrow the Roman government mm-hmm. because they were oppressing them. Yep. And and they thought it was going to come through a political power. It didn't come through a political power. It came through a kingdom that was all about serving, loving others, radically doing things that no one else could would would wants to do. And you know what happened? It overthrew the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. That's risky. That's unsafe. That's unsettling in our faith, in our religion, in our in our life. Because then when you think about what does that mean for me and how comfortable I live, how safe I live, um, it's pretty convicting. Yeah. I would say I didn't answer the question. The, the, the biggest deconstructing point for me was... Um, probably I didn't I didn't see I didn't truly see people the way Jesus saw people mm. I, mm. and I'll just word it like that people who disagreed with me like people who disagreed with me I viewed them as arguments to be won people who sinned wow. differently I viewed them as sinners needing to be saved you know what I'm saying yeah like and you can just keep going down that list but I I grew up like I am right. I've got the anecdote. 
they're wrong. You actually talked, we, we were in a conversation in the office today, and you actually talked a little bit about that, about you going through table to table at, at... Oh, man, when I was in high school, I was a table to table evangelical, and I, man, there was a Facebook post I saw this week, and that's what it brought it up. It said, I apologize for my teenage evangelical self, yep. or the things my teenage evangelical <laughs> self said. Said. And that was me, because I went table to table telling Muslims they were going to hell. <laughs> And I'm not exaggerating that. That was me in high school as a sophomore because that's what I thought God wanted. And there's a lot of that still happening today. A lot of that's still happening today. And 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 it goes through. Man, it's heartbreaking. It, it goes through. You know, again, coming back to what we've been talking about for the last I don't know how many months is is that heart change of of seeing people the way that God sees them. Yeah. That you'll never stand next to somebody that God doesn't love or God didn't die for. Yeah, it was and, it was and, the and, shift of seeing people as human and not just objects. Right. Like, honestly, yeah. so many of us see people as our, objects. Our projects. Ooh, projects. You know. Yeah. I, I've got to help. I got to help this person get to where they need to be. Yeah. Because we, I am holier than thou. Yeah. And so or, that was my biggest thing was a holier than thou. Yeah. Bruce has something. Yeah. Or for me, that came out as the recognition that there's not much difference between me and them. Yeah. Because I, huh. m- the view of myself came down and went. Oh, I'm a sinner in need of grace, just like they are. Whereas before, I used to see myself as something better than, because I've got the answer. And when you realize really what faith is based on, you realize I'm no different. Absolutely. And when the playing field gets leveled and you put yourself down in the group with the people that you used to look down on, it's very humbling. Maybe you can't answer this, but how how, do, how does one get there? What 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 did it take for you to get that realization? Um, what do you say? I think it was the more I studied, especially in the realization what you talked about before between the old and the new covenant, and how radical of a change that was. And I think most people who grow up in church just see Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Te- Covenant as part 1A and 1B, and they're all the same and throw them all together. Right. And when you really begin to process that when Jesus came, it changed everything. everything. Then what it's now based on, then I guess as I studied what the New Covenant was and what it's based on is really when I went, oh, I'm no different. You know what it was for me? What? I needed to stop adding buts to everything I said and all of my theology. Like, even as Bruce is talking, and you know how many people say and how many times I've said, yes, they're no different than me, but yeah, I'm trying. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm trying. They're living in their sin every single day. Yep. Gay people are going to hell because they're not repenting of their ways. You know how many times I told myself that? Yep. Growing up, wow! Like, oh, but you see, I'm I'm fighting my sin, but but but, and that was probably the biggest deconstructing point for me was I stopped at I I had to force myself to act, like it, it's a it sounds humble to say they're no different. You have to view people as no different than you. No, that's not that's not the point. The point is to view them like Jesus views them. Right. Yeah. And stop good. adding butt at every and, and that was the that was a big thing for me is I had to just I had to get my butt out of there. And we yeah. And and, and we so often and it, this goes back to not only the old covenant stuff, but the stuff that we were brought up. If if you didn't drink, you didn't smoke, you didn't swear, you know, these are the things you gotta do if you're gonna be a follower of Jesus. Okay. And so now we look at that that's the lens we look at everybody through is if someone does this, 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 and this, mm-hmm. and now it's 
are they what kind of lifestyle they're living what you know there's all these rules and regulations that yep. that it and we don't know what's going on in their heart not even just their heart but the thing that's so dangerous about Jesus is like he's going to radically change what he wants to in your life so like what that change might look like for you you're not going to have the same conviction Correct. of what you need to work on. Oh, now we're getting into some muddy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so like for me, Sabbath is so huge and I would put breaking the Sabbath up there with some of the greatest sins, you know, cause we as humans rank sins. Let's not try to act like we view every sin as the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brad looked at me like, yeah, well, you know what Jesus said, but he's adding his butt in there. Like, yeah, Jordan, I've used sin the same, but, but. and so, you know, how many, I was talking to, I think I put it in the group chat a couple weeks ago, you know, how many people are like, man, people who are, are gay. And if they believe that people who are gay are living in sin and they're choosing that sin every single day, but like, I'm going to work seven days a week and just ignore the Sabbath. Like, I would I I don't understand how anybody can I don't understand how anybody can be a Christian and be gay, but at the same time I haven't had a Sabbath in twenty five years. Right. You know, like like that's that's the level of to me is like God, man, God, you're clearly you've got some conviction wrong or different. Like God needs to be really working, or you need to be really be working on why is there that separation of how you're able to separate those things? Because if you allow God to do whatever God wants, He is gonna He is gonna radically change right right every area of your life and and here's the thing i think we always do and i think this is one of bruce's big things he's preached on this i don't know how many times is is that we look to the world as 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 christ followers and we are expecting the world <laughs> to look like what we expect them to look like you know we expect them to look like or, yeah. someone in the church yeah we expect them to follow the same that yeah. is so unbiblical it's ridiculous yeah preach on that for a little minute there bruce yeah, that's a that's hot your button. button. It that's is a hot, a hot button, button for, for me. I'm like, I get so tired of Christians talking so much about them. Yeah. And I want to go, it's pretty clear in scripture and also just makes sense that why would we expect the world who doesn't claim Jesus to be the leader of their lives to, to act like Jesus is the leader of their life? Well, if we could just legislate them into doing that, that'd yeah. be great. I mean, that's so stupid. Why do we expect Oh, you don't that? look at me after you say something. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I've already done my own holes. I, I wouldn't see, would see how much trouble I was in right <laughs> nah. there. Okay. Nah. So it makes me want to go, stop worrying about them yes. and start worrying yeah. about, are, am I living the way yes. God has called me to live? And if we were doing that, I think we might have a little bit more of an effect on other people without putting them down and expecting them to live up to something they never agreed to live up to. So when do we get to tell people truth? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question we ask. Yeah. You inside know, the church? Inside the church all That's the time. That's the but. You know, that's no. the but. Right. Like, yeah, Bruce, everything you just said, I agree with 100%. And, but then most of us, but, but. When you have relationship with them and you've loved them more than you possibly know how to, and they have respect for you and they love you back. Now and we man, can start please, having those conversations. And please make sure your truth is godly. Yeah. Like, Sometimes my quick response to that was to be, when you're doing it perfect, then you can talk. It's kind of like when Jesus told the Pharisees that they could throw the stones if they were without sin. Yeah. Well, and it's like the you guys were talking a little bit ago. If you want to follow the law, 
the scripture says you got to follow it all. All of it. It's an all or nothing. Yeah. So it's either if you're going to go by doing everything right, then there's zero margin for error. You have to do it all correctly and never make a mistake or fall on grace. There's yeah, no did, in between. What did Charles Stanley say? He says, I'm going to love, I'm going to listen to God and let him deal with the consequences. Yeah. I'm just going to be obedient to God. You're going to be obedient. Just make sure you're being obedient to God, and not. And, and that's the hard part is why pride is here's, like the. Here's the issue, though: is a lot of people say, "Well, I am being obedient to God because I got, I got to, I, I got to tell the truth." And that's that's why I was I was hitting at. That's yeah. why you have to. Pride is like the it is the silent sin of death. Mm. When pride mm. said we are, all of a human beings are just inherently prideful. We're selfish, like that. That's just. That is why Paul says every day you have to die to self. And so it's every just day. every day. And so it's so important if you're going to live dangerously and radically and you're going to, it means you're going to love and serve people well. And yes, we have examples of Jesus um, going against the grain and, and calling people out of their sin. But man, nine times out of 10, he was also, he was, he was serving and healing and loving and, and nine times out of 10, he was calling teaching. out religious people. Not right. Absolutely. Brittany Shaver says, I love all of this. It's so good to remind ourselves of this. Thanks for talking about the hard stuff we need to do internally. Yeah. I think that's kind of what, how we end that, that like that just boils it down is if you are going to serve a dangerous Jesus and the child who was born, who changed everything, it needs to be heart transformation. And it's got to start with you. Yep. And and I'm just telling you, I've got one more plug. I, I found this book. I love this book. I could not put it down. It was the best read that I had. This, it's this so year. good. It is so good. I didn't. I had no idea who this guy was. Yeah, I mean, I for those of you who know Lecrae's record label, he grew up like I grew up with his music. Um, but he he got his he got his MDiv uh, as an 18 year old. He yeah. graduated high school at 16, finished college at age 18 with a, and then. He got his his master's in um, theology. So all of his lyrics are so theologically rich. And it's not just mumble rap or like talk about set. Like he, it's very theological. Yeah. And, and so this he, book and gets, reflects that. And he gets that. vulnerable in this. Yeah. And, and things. It's just, it's a great read. I highly, highly recommend it. He also, for those of you who love to, to a podcast, he has a podcast. I can't remember the name uh, of it. Rabbi. 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 Uh, I don't know. Anyway, get the book. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. Dangerous Jesus, how the only thing more risky than getting Jesus right is getting Jesus wrong. I think that's where pride plays a big role. Um, Hey, friends, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Episode 544321. Episode 4 was great. Um, We had a lot of great talking points. Pray that this was encouraging for you. Prepared your heart for Christmas. Next week is Christmas game night. We're going back-to-back weeks for the holidays. Piper is going to be joining us as long as she's still alive after Jingle Jam. Yeah. We'll see. And we don't know. We have no idea. Uh, But thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a great night.